You stand with me and turn in your Bibles to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 7. Already this morning, I've had several confirmations in the service that uh, I believe I have His word for this house this morning. And uh, anything can happen. Anything can happen. Because with God, nothing shall be impossible. In Mark chapter 7, beginning with verse 24, it said, And from thence Jesus arose, and he went into the borders of Tyre and Sidon, and entered into a house, and was not going to let it be known, but he could not be hid. For a certain woman whose daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him, and came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by nation, and she besought Jesus that he would cast the devil out of her daughter. But Jesus said unto her, Let the children first be filled, for it is not meet to take the children's bread and cast it unto the dogs. And she answered and said unto him, Yes, Lord, yet the dogs under the table eat of the children's crumbs. And he said unto her, and I want you to mark this in your Bible, For this thy saying... For that phrase that came out of your mouth, for that articulation of faith, you know out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. For that utterance, for this thy saying, go your way, the devil has gone out of your daughter. I didn't even hear him cast the devil out. He just is so powerful that the thought became his will. That's what it says. He said, go your way, your daughter's well. How, how do you do that? And when she came to her house, she found the devil gone, just like Jesus said. And her daughter was laying upon the bed. Must have been a teenager. Just laying <laughs> upon the bed. Will you back up with me and go to Matthew 15? I want to read the same story. Uh, And by the way, for new believers, when you read in the Gospels and there's little variations in the story, see, everything that's recorded happened. But not everything that happened was recorded. And one author will remember one phrase or one thing. It doesn't change the truth. It's just a detail. But there's something here in Matthew I want you to see. And then we'll get in the preach word this morning. And Jesus went and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. And he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. She wasn't crying after them. She was crying after Jesus But he answered and said, I am not sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It's not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. And she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Woman, great is your faith. Be it unto you, even as you desire, you will. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. 
Be careful in modern day Pentecostal charismatic circles that you fall into the, be careful not to fall into the trap of someone telling you of formulas. This formula takes the arm of God and bends it and makes him do. He's the same yesterday, today, and ever, so he always has to act a certain way. No, there are no formulas, but there are patterns. And there are things in the Bible you will find that precede miracles. And I want to preach on that this morning. That idea for you, the things that precede the miracle working power of God. And may it stir faith in your heart because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Father, I just thank you today for who you are, not just in general, but to me. I thank you, O Lord, that I've seen thy hand. I've seen you open doors that I couldn't open and others say would never open. You restored my soul and I'm grateful, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for all of us who everybody else wrote off and you brought us back anyway. I thank you, Lord. And I just pray this morning that we would, through the preached word, see you as you are in the scriptures. And that we would understand with our spirit, man, that you are able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we can ask or think. According, in accordance with, in harmony with the spirit that's already working in us. So stir us, change us, Lord. Help us to see wonderful things out of your word and let that desperate person like my wife was talking about today, let them see your power, oh God. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated this morning. It says that Jesus the man was not gonna let it be known where he was, but he could not be hid. He could not be hid because people were talking living commercials of his compassion, his authority, his power, and his glory. Church services are not made by, by the size of your amplifier. Services are not made by hype or smoke bombs or lasers or any of the above. It's when people talk about the wonderful things God has done in them and for them. And Jesus can be hid. I pray that we are not known by what side of town we're on. I pray that we're not polished. I pray that we're not impressive. I pray that people say, go up to Christ Chapel. Jesus is there. That's my desire, that he not be hid. Hid behind our professionalism and our, our polish and our, our form and our order. He's the Lord of this house. This church was named after him. Didn't want to just take a byproduct. I thought, Jesus' chapel, the anointed one's chapel. And there's an anointing in this house because Christ is elevated. And Christ is preeminent. And Christ is foremost. And Christ is exclusive. He could not be hid because these commercials were talking and other people were listening. They said, I knew you before. Mark, I knew you before. Jason, I knew you before. They can't, listen, they can argue the, our theologies, but they can't, they can't bring up any type of correspondence that deals with who I was before and who I am now. When the lame person's walking and the insane person is sane and the worrier is at peace and the pride-filled man is humbled, and the deaf person hears, and the physical and spiritual, and the blind see. 
They look at you and they say, ah, something happened to you. What was it? It was Christ the Lord. I remember going to Skipper's Restaurant where I was the head waiter years ago, many, many, many years ago. And uh, I'd, walked, I'd been Christian about a year. Uh, and when I say that, I, I was born again as a little boy, but I surrendered my life to Christ at 24. I fully surrendered. And I walked in, booth 10, and went to sit down. And a buddy of mine named Ben saw me come in. And he came and sat with me. He goes, Wood, I've watched you. You made it. How, how, am I, how can I be saved? And just that one little phrase, I've watched you and you've made it. If you would have took a poll in our fraternity at Mercer University, top three guys that you know would never be a preacher, I'd make the top three. Might peak out at number one. And they, they, they couldn't understand. See, when Christ does these things in our life, it's not just for us. Because if that were the case, he'd save you and kill you. Right? John said, kill him, take him to heaven. So shall we ever be with the Lord. He said, no. I want you to walk around in their presence and let them look and say, what meaneth this? What happened here? What glory? What deliverance? What power? And when they get up to speak, they don't talk about their efforts and their support group and their program. They say, what happened to you? He said, all I know is this man, Jesus. This God-man Jesus who saved and delivered me, he can't be hid. He can't be hid because the hurting look for him. And the desperate always find him. You need to write that down. I love what the angel said when Mary and them came to the tomb. She said, I know you're looking for Jesus. You're looking for him in dead places. You're not going to find him in a dead place. I know you're looking for him, though. The hurting and the desperate look for Jesus. They'll come in this church, and they don't care what you think or feel. God, bring us people that don't care what other people think or feel, but they want to encounter Christ the Lord. They find him in their deepest sorrows, their darkest night, and their greatest need. They find him because they look for him. They call out to him, and they are not easily discouraged into turning back once they find themselves in his presence. So here's a Syrophoenician woman, a Greek, a Canaanite. That's the group of people where in the Old Testament, God commanded that they destroy every living thing. A pagan at best. And we see her in pain. Let's look at her pain. She said, my daughter is at home and she's demon possessed. So see, that's a sentence, but what does that mean? She watches her daughter destroy herself outward in and inward out. She probably cuts herself or, or poisons herself. Or in, the, in the New Testament, it said that some of them with an unclean spirit would throw themselves into the fire. They're always trying to bring, bring destruction. And it's one thing when you do this to yourself, but when you watch your baby do it to themselves. This woman was experiencing a mother's pain, and she was helpless. Helpless. Couldn't do anything about it. She had something at home she couldn't control a burden she could not carry, a problem she could not solve, a history that she could not escape, and she was desperate. Listen to your pastor this morning. Whether it be your own fault or not, this desperation you feel today could be the very gift of God to you. Because desperate people look for Jesus. And desperate people aren't easily swayed. 
in my darkest seasons, I pursued him the hottest. Number two, look at her approach. She came to Jesus personally. She came alone. Now, I want to be careful here because I thank the Lord for praying mom. And I thank the Lord for friends that stand in the gap for me. But there is something to be said for you coming by yourself. And saying, this ain't about my mother's God. This isn't about Christ Chapel, John Wood, or no assemblies of God. This is who you are to me. Me. As your daughter, as your child. Lord, I come to you. Before I call the prayer line, I go through the torn veil of your body. I'm coming to you, God. Knowing that when I lift my hands, you recognize the lines because you drew them on my palm in my mother's belly. I'm coming to you, O Lord, the author and finisher of my faith. I'm coming to you, O Lord, who knew me before you knit me in my mother's womb. Explain that to me. Before the seed of my father met the egg of my mother, you knew me. How immeasurable are these thoughts of you about me? I can't even comprehend them. So I'm, watch, oh, this is so rich. I don't want to clutter my access with other people's opinions and words. I come before you as yours. I'm heard not because of who I am, but I'm heard because of who you are and you know me. Nevertheless, the foundation of the Lord standeth sure. The Lord knows who are his. It's not that I know who you are. It's that you know who I am. This woman come before Jesus alone. And she came to Christ in faith. The Bible says without faith it's impossible to please God. For those that come to him must believe that he is. And that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. She came to Christ honestly. She said, my daughter is at home demon-possessed. You know why you can't help some Christians? Because they are so proud. By the time they get to the problem, it's word salad. It's just like you do all of this. Because we got to, you know, I care about what you think and what you know. And I don't want this one to know. So please don't tell this. Or that. And we're so, see, our reputation keeps us from God. Well, I hit something then, didn't I? Our prayers, our requests are like an army of words marching, searching for an idea. She said, my daughter's demon-possessed. Would to God that you would be so honest in your prayers that you would call a dead marriage dead. You would call a cold heart cold. You would call backsliding, backsliding. You would call apostasy, apostasy. You would call the wandering eye spiritual or, or adultery in the heart. You would call it by what it is. She was honest. She said, my daughter's demon possessed. Not, you know, we got some things at home that are a little out of line. <laughs> no, my daughter's levitating. <laughs> Honestly. When's the last time you came to him 
honestly. No hype. No fanfare. No pretension. Presumption. Here I am, Lord. There's, there's a statement said that can be the most encouraging thing in your life and the scariest thing in your life at the same time. When you hear a Christian say, well, the Lord knows my heart. Yes, he does. She came honestly, and she came with many obstacles. Her nationality was against her because God opposed the Canaanites. Her history was against her. She was a pagan up until that moment. Her gender was against her. In that culture, women didn't even have a voice. Evil spirits were against her. You got evil spirits living in your house. She's being attacked. Her family's being attacked. Her child's being attacked. Her mind's being attacked. The disciples were against her. You go to church for help, and then they try to run you off. And she's, you know, what am I supposed to do? And I, and I know I mentioned it, but I just want to hit it again. When they said, uh, Lord, send her away. She crieth after us. Stop thinking of yourself so highly. I'm on the stage. I started this church. I am so replaceable. I am oatmeal, bland grits, just generic. You know why? So that your faith might not rest in the man that's talking, but in the one I'm talking about. Ain't nobody crying after me. He spoke through mules. I, I'm, you know, he spoke through a donkey. So I'm in good company, I guess, you know. What qualifies you to preach? Well, he said he chooses foolish things to confound wise people. He said, I'm looking for a fool. Let's see, who, who can I? Wood, come here, come here. Okay, okay. And it appeared that Jesus was against her. Jesus answered her not a word. Now, this is not a doctrine. It's a type. Sometimes the purest approaches receive no answer from the Lord for a moment. Don't turn away when the Lord is quiet. Wait for his words. Don't be offended when the words come. Align yourself and make adjustments. Listen, don't turn away when he's quiet. And don't get your feelings hurt when the word cuts you. Just respond, truth, Lord. Let's look at her faith. It was incomplete yet powerful. It was misguided yet easily corrected. She came in one of the portions and said, Son of David, have mercy on me. Now, let's just pan back like a movie camera. Why are you calling him son of David? You daughter of a pagan? Is that okay to say that? What do you mean son of David? Well, I just heard that's what he goes by. No, <laughs> you're not a Jew. By the way, those of you in this room, most of you, you're not a Jew. They are God's earthly people. So he is the son of David, but I can't come under that and say that, you know, I'm under David, and that way that blessing, Jesus says, you're coming wrong. Little did she know that although she wasn't part of the vine of Israel, she was going to be engrafted in as a Gentile. So we got to know what we know. And we got to come in the right way. And when the word of God corrects us, instead of getting mad and turning away and pouting, said, you're right, Lord. When we come to God's house, there ought to be conviction. There ought to be instruction. 
There ought to be exhortation. There ought to be encouragement. And some of us can't be corrected. We can't be corrected at work. We can't be corrected at home, nor in God's house. And that's why we're dwarfed in our soul. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And he just ignored her. But she had faith. Even though it was incomplete and misguided. Even though it was misunderstood and unappreciated by those who witnessed it. Even though it was first seemingly ignored by Jesus. And her faith was reverent. It said she bowed before him, accepting his words and using them as the basis of her plea. And it says in the second passage I read to you that when Jesus ignored her, she worshipped him. My wife didn't know uh, what I was preaching on this morning. And the vast majority of the times, 95%, I don't tell her because I want her to be able to come and attend without having preconceived ideas because the Lord can even speak through your husband if he just get out of the way, you know. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. All right, I lost my place. Hold on. Oh, but when she talked about this barrenness, if you'll let me visit here for just a moment, and those of you that took the journey with us, see, it becomes just a story to you. But I heard her in the other room sobbing a, a tender gentle moan before the Lord. She'd ask him for children. And I was in the other room and I'm like, Father, you know, one time I, I said, Lord, just, just take 10 years off my life. You know, just give her that because I'm sterile. We can't have children. It's not her, it's me. I said, Lord, just give her that, you know. And I, one time I, I felt like the Holy Spirit. It's not audible, but I felt this phrase come in. I don't need you to tell me how to take care of her. She was mine before you ever met her. And I'm like, yes, sir. I just tip back out of here. That's just <laughs> your daughter. That's your daughter. And she worshiped him. Listen, here's the word for someone today. This woman worshiped him before. Before. Before she got all of her doctrine right. Before she got uh, an indicator that he was listening, she worshipped him. She fawned at his feet. She worshipped him. Some of us come in here and we think. We don't say it because we're good Pharisees. We think it. We think that the Lord's lucky we even come. Because we're upset with him about something or something he hasn't done. And I'm not telling you that every time you worship, you get just what you're asking for. But I'm telling you that if you read through the Gospels, when they stopped and worshiped him before, it caught the ear of God, it moved the heart of God, and it often opened the hand of God. I'm gonna worship you just because of who you are. You don't have to do it for you to be great. So when my wife says she worshiped, then the phone rings or an email or text inviting her to a baby shower. And I know it might sound trivial to you. She wouldn't eat. And your prayer was that she would not make that other lady feel conscious of her. She wanted to celebrate you and be there for you. But as for me, oh Lord... Through the anxiety, through the disappointment, through the frustration, 
through the season where it feels like you aren't even listening. I worship you. When a Christian has that, when a Christian has that, what's the devil going to do? I'll take your health from you. Then I'll worship him sick. God's not listening to you. Well, he doesn't have to listen to me. He's worthy of my worship anyway. And if it falls to the ground, he can sweep it up later. I am going to worship him before. I'm going to worship him during. I'm going to worship him afterwards. Some of you are going to have to be taught in heaven how to worship. You better practice now. And you don't take your cues beside the people. The one beside you might be a statue. Or crazy. So how do you worship him? In spirit and in truth. I looked over at my friends over here, especially my sister this morning. Just as free as she can be. Her hands, if she could have got them to rotate. You know, as you get older, you don't have this much rotation on the arms. They were just going. They were just going. They were just going. I wonder what the Lord sees when he looks out and he sees, you know, some are laid before him. Others are just waving their arms. Others with tears going down their face. And the other one checking their messages on the phone. No wonder our hearts are cold because our worship is quiet. I want to be affectionate with the Lord. I want to be consistent. And I want to worship before. And her worship, her approach, this is critical. This is critical for the rest of this message to tie together. Her approach, her faith, her request, and her worship was expectant. Don't tell me what you believe if you're not expectant. And if you're expectant, you're looking. And if you're looking, you're preparing. And if you're preparing, excitement will start to build because you know God is so good that his goodness will find you. David said, I almost quit. I almost fainted. I felt my soul bleeding out, but I just waited long enough to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I've got requests floating around out there. And one of these moments, God's going to step in and say, enough, enough. And he's going to make a decree. Or what I just read you, he's going to think a thought. And I never hear him make a decree. And all of a sudden, everything changes. Sometimes you didn't change it, you changed me. But there's a change. Yeah, I'm going to kids camp this week. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Kelly. Oh, I was a legend at camp in my 30s. Brother 60's going to be in there now. This ain't junior high camp. This ain't this, this kids camp. We are purchasing noisemakers. And I, like Lauren... And a couple of them, my friends, I can't hide my expression. You, you want to know what I'm feeling? Just watch my face. I'm going to have ear things in, muffs, sunglasses, hat pulled down, pack of Pall Malls right inside here. <laughs> Filter King, 500. I'll be so nervous by the second day's my Pastor, what? Oh, what? What? So why are you going? Was it spiritual? Well, Primarily, my little boy asked me to go. And I already see it happening in his heart, and I want to be an eyewitness. I want to watch. 
I haven't told a living soul this, and I'm going to tell you. He's already starting to. He doesn't know he's doing it. He does it playfully. But I can hear the other tongues. He's already doing it. He'll just cut up. And it's gibberish. It's, he doesn't know. He doesn't understand. But he's already full of the Spirit of the Lord. I'm watching it. And listen, I, I try to teach you the best theology I, I know. But you know, God transcends my theology. John the Baptist was filled with the Spirit in his mama's womb. How, how you do that if you lost? I still ain't got an answer for that. He doesn't give lost people the Spirit, but everyone's born lost. But John the Baptist was, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. All I know is that the prayer of her heart was children. And the prayer of my heart is if you ever give me a little boy, I just want him to have twice the Spirit of God in his life. And I want to be an eyewitness of this little boy coming to life. So pray for me that I don't do nothing to hinder it. And I don't, that I don't slap nobody that's not my child. You know. I ain't wearing no Christ Chapel shirts. If y'all got any First Baptist or Second Baptist ones, I'll, I'll wear those for you. All right, we're going to wind this up. Look, keep your Bible open, verse 29 of Mark 7. Jesus made the statement, he said, for this thy saying, or he said, in response to your words, in response to your words. Now, it culminated with, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Listen to this. Our words to God and about God are the truest expression of our truest self. Well, I don't know what I'm going to do. And put a period instead of a comma, but I know God doesn't need to let me in on what he's going to do to have his perfect way. I don't know what I'm going to do, but God ain't worried, stressed, or trying to get together plan B. Our words are always a matter of our will and choice. Our words are an echo of all that we focus upon. Our words, every one of them will be accounted for. Jesus said in Matthew, I say unto you that every idle word that you speak, you're going to give an account in the day of judgment. For with your words you'll be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. So very quickly, let's just look at this before I give you a chance to respond to the Lord this morning. Let's look at what she said. She said, in essence, I'm paraphrasing, I know you are powerful. She said, my daughter is home demon-possessed. So why would she tell him my daughter is at home demon-possessed? Because you ain't scared of no devil. You have all authority. She said, I know that you are more powerful than this. She said, I know you are worthy because she worshipped him. I want you to know that you're not only God and you're not only their God, I stand corrected. Israel's God. But you're my God. She changed her words from son of David to Lord. I want you to know that you're my God. Jesus said, it's not meat to cast the children's bread unto the dogs. And she said, truth, Lord. I'm not an Israelite. But even, a, even the dogs eat of the crumbs that fall from their master's table what'd you say master 
her faith, she wasn't manipulating God. She was desperate in front of him. But it was based upon all that she knew. She knew that not only was he Israel's God, but he was God of all. She was saying, yeah, God, I'm a dog, but I'm your puppy. I'm not asking to be first, just included. I'm not part of the vine of Israel, but you can engraft me in. I'm not asking for a seat at the table, but just know I'm under here looking and knowing that whatever falls from the table, I know it came from your hands. I'm not asking for bread, just the crumbs. Because in the divine economy of things, God, blessings from heaven the size of a crumb is able to meet the largest need of my life. Now, I want to take just a quick second to give you this. It's important. Very misapplied scripture, in my opinion, uh, where it says in Malachi, bring the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house. And prove me now, herewith says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. He was talking to the Israelites in the Abrahamic covenant and you brought the offering into the priest. It wasn't a New Testament teaching about bringing the, off, the tithes into, this isn't the storehouse, it's our local church. But this was a priestly system that provided for the Aaronic priesthood and, and the offerings and the poor and all of those things. But the principle is the same. Watch this. God says, prove me. So, Originally to the Jews, but there's also application for us who are the Gentiles. Prove me, says the Lord, in any part of your life. And see if I will not open up the windows of heaven, heaven and pour you out a blessing, singular. One blessing coming through many windows. I will open up the windows of heaven. So what he was teaching her and what she saw by revelation, just like how Simon says, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. She said, all I need is a crumb from you. Where another man said, hey, you're a man under authority. Just give the word. I know how this works. I've got 50 under me, 100 under me. I tell them to go, they go. Just send the word. And Jesus said, man, you have great faith. She said, all I need is a crumb. I don't need blessings. I need a blessing. And once you provide a blessing, I will not be able to contain it. Isn't that rich? And finally, if our musician would come, please, look at her reward. She said, Lord, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from, from the master's table. And in the Greek, this is Hard to preach and hard to teach. When it said worshipped him, that word by definition meant that she licked his hand like a dog. So what I think it would mean is that in the same way the woman washed his dirty feet with her hair and her tears. You remember she took her glory and took it to the lowest. I think she was acting out what he revealed said, you are a, a dog in the sense of not like we would curse someone and call them a dog. said, you're not even part of Israel. She said, I know. I'm who you said I am. And she took his hand and she worshiped him like he said, worship me. That's the key. 
It's not a pattern. Now everyone has to come and mimic like you're an animal. That's not what it is. She said, I'm going I'm to I'm do it just like you said. And she said, but even the dogs, Lord, eat crumbs, don't they? Whatever falls underneath your table, that's plenty for me. And Jesus said, for this thy saying, what you just said, I'm going to grant your miracle. What are you saying to the Lord? What are you saying to your wife and husband? What are you saying to your friends? Could it be for this thy saying you're receiving nothing? We need to come before him personally. We need to come before him alone. We need to come before him honestly. We need to come before him desperate and in faith, expectant. For this thy saying. And she went home and her daughter was well. In a few moments, we're going to take communion. But I've prepared a song for you. And if you need the Lord this morning to do something that's greater than you. I mean, we all have problems. All God's children got problems. But a miracle. I, I need the Lord this morning. I want you to come and find a place. And kneel before him honestly and articulate your faith and worship him this morning. We're going to take a moment to do that. Would you come? Would you cue that song for me, Josh? it's in your heart, would you stand and worship the Lord with us?
Would you get your communion ready to take together? Sister, if you play. For those in the altar and those that were praying from their seats, you want to hear some profound, exciting news? The Lord heard you. And by faith, my, my decree don't mean anything, but I'm telling you what I believe. By faith, for this thy saying, may the Lord grant you your request. And the same night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and broke it. And he said, this is my body that's broken for you. As often as you do this, think of me. Has everyone been served? Does everyone have theirs? Just slip your hand up. I'm sorry if, if you're missing any. Bob, would you just carry that? Okay. One on this side. Hey, y'all, it's okay. The, the Lord doesn't care as much about flow as we do. He looks on our heart. So he, he knows what we're doing, and we're going to wait on our brother and our sister. Amen. Has everyone been served? All right, as, as those dig into this thing, the older I get, I can't open them. I have to pre-cut mine or something. I'm, I've been waiting all morning to tell you this. So picture this. Here's this woman that comes before him. She had no right, no entrance, no recognition, no invitation, and you're his child. <laughs> I like your odds. You hear me? You see that in your spirit? If she was heard outside of Christ, I like your odds. This body that was broken for us so that we could have access. He was wounded for our... He was bruised for our... The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we were healed. Let's take together. You're wondering if the Lord heard your prayer. He died for you. He died for you. He died for you. The same night Jesus was betrayed, he took wine, he poured it and gave it to his disciples and said, this is my blood that's shed for you. He told them also he wouldn't drink it again until he drank it with us in the kingdom. For the remission of your sins, as often as you do this, just remember me. Lord, we remember you. And our expectation is of you. Our firm, reliant, exclusive trust in you and you alone. Let's take together. It's good to have my brother Mark and Joanne with us. Mark has a ministry to drag racers. He's their pastor, and I'm just going to ask him to come and dismiss us in prayer this morning. Y'all give my brother a hand, would you, as he comes today. Just pray over us this morning, man.
Father, I just am wowed by your presence in our lives, your presence in this place. The music was so sweet, the message so dead on. And Father, we thank you for all of those things. We thank you for your grace and for your mercy and for Jesus. Thank you for touching my heart this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Have a wonderful Lord's Day. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Want some notes? Sure.